Hello and welcome to The Student Space, a podcast for students about high school, life after school and how to actually be an adult. In this episode, I chat with Milena, who is a graduate nurse. We discuss her studying a Bachelor of Nursing at ACU, best subject choices to pick in high school and all about her placement experience. Enjoy. Before we jump into the chat, I want to respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording this podcast and pay my respects to the elders past and present of the Rwandri people of the Kulon Nations. Alrighty, welcome to the student space, Milena. Before we talk about your Bachelor of Nursing at ACU, I wanted to get into three before the degree and I ask everyone this. So just three random questions before we talk about the degree. Awesome. So the first one is, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I actually wanted to be a teacher. So when I have a younger brother and during the school holidays, we'd actually have like, I'd set up a classroom and everything. So poor kid, he had to do extra schoolwork on, on the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's funny. Even once had his friend come over and I was like, let's do a school day. And yeah. That's so funny. I love it. And then what was the last book that you read? Well, I'm currently reading American Dirt and it's a bit, like I've heard it's a bit controversial because it's not actually from, like it's about um, like these... Mexican people trying to cross the border into America oh. but because it's written from a perspective of like a white person it's not very um like culturally, giving yeah, yeah giving voice to the right people yeah so oh. I only found that out after I bought the book so yeah I'm gonna read about all the controversy after <laughs> love yeah, it, it was interesting and uh, my last question is what was your favorite subject at school and why uh, I loved HHD so health and human development so that's obviously very relevant to my job now as a nurse so I really enjoy learning about like the various diseases and the risk factors and sort of promoting like health promotion which is a big component of the subject so yeah I love that I wasn't really like studying at all. Love it and um, let's reflect back to your high school days I know you did touch on HHD mm-hmm. did you do that as year 11 in year 11 as a 3-4? Yeah I did so that was um, my subject in year 11 as a 3-4. Um, I really liked it because you were able to focus a lot more of your time on that subject. And I think that's why I sort of did so well in it because you sort of prioritised that one. And all the teachers sort of are aware of that and they want you to prioritise your three, four over your one, twos. So I really enjoyed that. And many of the students were encouraged to do three, fours uh, subjects in year 11. So in year 12, I did English, further maths, um, bio, um, business management and food studies. Interesting. So while in high school, what were your aspirations for after uni? You said you always wanted to be a teacher. Was Mm. teaching one of your preferences? Looking back at it now, I think maybe somewhere down the bottom, but I quickly, you know, sort of scrapped that. And I was really focusing on, um, I thought about being a nutritionist because I did chemistry in year, year 11 and then I dropped it. So to go into dietetics, you needed to do three, four chemistry. So I sort of couldn't get into that. Yep. Um, so I did have nutrition down, sort of hoping to then complete that and then go on and do dietetics. But yeah, nursing was always at the top. Um, yeah, Cause I went to some open days and they told me how competitive getting a job in like the nutrition field is. And I just thought, oh my gosh. So that put you yeah. off. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to fight for a job basically, you know? And like, I wasn't super, super passionate about it. Like I just was like, oh yeah, you know, I like cooking and food and you know, all those yep. things. I didn't think like I really, really want to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so what were your preferences? So I had um, nursing at ACU at yep. the top because um, ACU, you know, is so well-spoken for nursing. It's very highly regarded. So I remember when I actually was applying, the ATAR was like 84 or 85 for nursing, which is really high compared to other unis. Um, So I thought I'll just put that there and just hope for the best. And then I had um, nursing at Deakin as well. And then uh, Latrobe, I think. And then I also had some other like mixed match courses. Some other random ones just yeah, to see how just, you go. Yeah, fill it up. But I was definitely hoping for um, ACU or Deacon for nursing. Lovely. And um, so you really wanted to go to ACU to do nursing. What inspired you to choose that course? And I know you mentioned that ACU was renowned for the nursing program. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. 
Well, I basically chose nursing yeah, based on the reputation. I didn't even go to an open day there. Really? Yeah. So that was the one uni that I didn't even go to an open day. So you went to all the other ones? Yeah, I went to Deakin, did a Latrobe-like experience day where I fainted in the nursing labs. <gasps> really? Yeah, it no, was so hot in there and we're all cramped together in like winter with all jackets on oh, and I just fainted. It was so funny. Um, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're in the right place to faint because we're in the nursing labs. Um, but yeah, so I chose there. Just because of like location as well, because ACU is in Fitzroy in the city, yep. or you can go to Ballarat as well. They offer nursing. Uh, I just thought I'd rather get the train into the city than drive to Deakin. And I thought, yeah, why not? I just thought it'd be an interesting experience, which it was. It was really good. Excellent. And then what about prerequisites for this course for nursing being your number one preference? So I think it was just English I think it was just 25 study score in English. You only needed English. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Um, had you not gotten into ACU, would you say you were fussed if you had gotten your second preference? No, not at all. I actually sometimes think about like Deakin because I had lots of friends that went there and they um, had a really good experience. And then, you know, I thought, oh, they have lots of collaborations, which I'll talk about a bit later, yep. um, with certain hospitals that... I obviously live in the eastern suburbs, so that's close to Deakin, whereas um, ACU is like in the city and it's close to like the western northern suburbs. So I um, feel like maybe if I went to Deakin, I could have gotten a better experience hospital placement wise. That's the only thing. And then I also think about Latrobe because they also are, you know, connected to other awesome hospitals. So yeah, I don't think in the moment I was so fixated on getting ACU just because of the reputation. But at the end of the day, you still all come out as great nurses. And I now work with, you know, lots of nurses from all different unis. And you it's not like you can tell they went to a different uni and they're a bad nurse or something. Like, you know, ATARs don't mean anything. You know, it's all the effort that you put in and, you know, the skills you learn on placement and how much you're willing to put in. So I think regardless of which uni you go to, and even if you do a diploma first and go to TAFE, and then go on to do your bachelor, it doesn't change like the type of nurse you're going to end up as. Absolutely. Yeah. Preach. I'd love to hear yeah. that, especially for students who are in U12 and are so worried about hitting a particular mark mm. to get a course, no matter where you do it. And like you said, even if you do the TAFE course first and then go into bachelor, it still you still end up with the same qualification. 100%. And I actually like notice them so much more, the ones that were ENs first and then they even have worked as a nurse and now they're doing their grad year with me and here I am stressing about things and they're like cruising they're like oh no I'm fine and I'm like are you serious like obviously they've got that extra experience but I think you know if you're feeling less confident than like doing the EN which is enrolled nursing at TAFE yep and then going on to do your RN is just as good you know you you know it takes a little bit longer but you end up with so many more skills and life experience being able to work and having more placement opportunities. So, yeah, I think it doesn't really matter where you really go at the end of the day because it's all based on how much you put in and how much you try. Absolutely. And it's great for the listeners to hear that as well. Um, it just gives you more options. Yeah. Now, did you ever consider taking a gap year? So I... Um, Sort of thought about it, but more as a joke with my parents, you know, because my parents were so like, you you should go to uni straight away. Yep. So like I said, oh, maybe I'm going to take a gap year. And they're like, no, you have to go. And But I don't think this was in like a controlling, pushy way. But I think because I've always been sort of a driven individual during high school. So I think my parents just thought that I'm obviously capable and I already know what I want to pursue. I'm not sort of, wasn't iffy. Like I knew that I wanted to do nursing and I never once thought no I don't want to be a nurse if that makes sense when I was studying and everything so I think that it was better for me just to go straight into it and you know get the three years over and done with because yeah with nursing everything you sort of learn in class all the bio everything I use every day really my job you know that is so good to know I was actually going to ask you this later yeah because so many courses you do a course and like I obviously don't know because I've only done nursing but like, I feel like they don't even relate to the job necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for example, I did commerce and I'm learning 
these microeconomic theories and macro theories. And I'm like, hang on, how am I going to use this in real life? Literally, I know. And so I feel like I have to sort of be present and follow through those three years. Like even I thought, oh, should I go on a Europe trip, you know, in the middle of a course, which some people do. But I personally think that it would just like make you go back to step one because you need to remember all like the pathophysiology of like diabetes and hypertension and everything, which like I have to think about every day when I'm caring for my patients with those conditions and, you know, remembering what medications are. It's just so hard if you sort of take a pause on it, if that makes sense. So I think with nursing, it's sort of that degree that it's better to just get it over and done with, if that makes sense. But I obviously know people that have taken a pause on it and, you know, they're doing just as well as me. But I think for me, I would have just been like taken back and I would have been like, oh, I can't do this, you know? Yeah, good to like be consistent with it. Yeah, I agree. So it's good. Lovely. And um, let's now chat about the first year of uni. So you transitioned from high school to now be a uni student, you know, you're fully an adult, you're a bit more independent what was that process like? So, yeah, it was really, um, yeah, it was a bit hard. I obviously, I got the train to and from school during high school anyway. So it wasn't like hard for me, you know, having to get up early and getting the train to class and sort of being in that city environment because I was sort of used to that already. Yep. But I suppose that would be a bit daunting for some people if, you know, they get driven to school or walk to school and things like that. And especially going into the city, you know, you see like, homeless people around the um, stations and everything. So like things like that, maybe when you're like younger, you're not really aware of those things. So yeah, it's definitely, you grow up a lot during that transition from high school to university. But I think it was, yeah, it was really good. And I was able to go to uni with two friends from high school, but they later dropped out of their courses. So in the end, I was the last one standing. Did they do nursing? Um, One of them did midwifery. Yep. And then the other one did um, nursing business. So it's business administration, I think. So it's a lower ATAR score and it sort of allows you to get into nursing. And then it's four years, but it's sort of a more of a pathway um, course, if that makes sense. So that's also a really good course. I don't know how much the business really helps with Nursing. nursing, but you know, you'll learn things. And if you want to go into management in the future, then that will be helpful. But no one's ever going to come out of university and go straight into a management role yeah. as a nurse, you of know? Of course. Just a side question. Yeah. Did you ever consider midwifery? Um, not really. I think, I don't know. I think it scares me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Catching babies. One of my best friends that I actually met at uni, um, we did a, because they do mixed classes with health um, science students. So she was in my um, group project and she's now my best friend actually so that's cool that's but she's really a nice. midwife and I just think oh my gosh no I couldn't like catch babies and do all those things and it's, it's a lot maybe maybe in the future but I think I'm more passionate about adult nursing yeah of course yeah. what was the workload like in your first year and then how many contact hours were you at uni so I think in the first year I went to uni maybe two to three days a week, but that's because my timetable was horrible. You know, I had like two classes on each of the days. So really you can, you know, do one or two days. It really is dependent on how your timetable is structured. I think it wasn't it wasn't necessarily hard, um, the contact hours. You did have to do a lot of outside work. Like what do you mean? Oh, like homework? Yeah, like readings and like reading textbooks and researching things. And like there's lots of assignments, usually about two to three per subject and maybe a test or an exam or something. So the workload wasn't, I didn't find it difficult, but that's because in high school, I feel like it was sort of the same. The essays are definitely just so weird. Like I think they're hard. Do you hard. write essays in nursing? Yeah, it's so strange. And even like literature reviews and everything, it was so bizarre. I was like, wow. I only did a few tests like for biology and such. And like I did a few exams for certain subjects, but heaps of essays. And I can't even tell you what they're about. They're, it was just so strange. Like you have to research academic literature and sort of like pick on those things. It's I'm glad it's all over. Wow, that's actually really interesting to note because I totally understand academic essays for, you know, arts, history, humanities type of degrees. But for nursing, Mm -hmm. I feel like it'd be more 
um, about the body and yeah. anatomy, physiology, all that type of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest, when I started. But I feel like we had a Facebook group, if that makes sense, with all the um, you know first year, second years, we all moved up together. And like that was like our saviour. Like we would ask questions like, you know, what's this essay actually like want us to do? Like what are we writing about? And we'd all help each other, you know, not sharing you know, the essays, but it was so helpful because I think if I didn't have those supports or even the friends I made through like group assignments, I have the group chat and we consistently spoke in it all the time about subjects. And I think that's what helps so much with these um, courses because it's just too hard to do it on your own. Absolutely. And so let's think back to high school. Any of the subjects that you did in high school relate directly to what you did at uni? For example... HHD, did that carry over? Yes, definitely. Like, because we learn about um, certain diseases and their risk factors and things. And like, there was a sort of a basic understanding of how those diseases come about, like what happens. So I feel like when I went into it, similarly with bio, I already had a really good base so that I did really well in those subjects because what I was learning was just revision and so it's perfect. You know, it's like the second time I was learning things and I'm like, oh, I actually get it now because previously, like I remember, you know, in year 11 and 12, bio wasn't my strongest. And you probably just wrote learning just to get a good mark on the exam. So exactly. you're not understanding, you're just memorising. Yeah. And so much of it is so relatable because when you go out on placement, like you understand, you're like, oh, of course, that makes sense. Like, of course, you know, when they're smoking, this is what they end up like, you know, so you can really connect things with um, like nursing, like when you're learning something in the textbook or reading about it and then you see like the patient or in bio class you know we would dissect sort of certain organs and things and it, like it would all make sense you know cutting open a kidney and then I'm like oh wow like that's where you know all the things are you know it really made so much more sense so yeah definitely HHD was similar even food studies had some key information but I think bio would have been the most helpful subject good advice for anyone listening if they're in year 10 and they're choosing subjects and you're thinking about doing nursing bio hhd and what was the other one food Food yeah Yeah. that was a good fun subject and even i didn't do pe um that sort of would have been my do over maybe subject but i remember in pe like i knew that it would help me like i knew i was aware but i just thought no, nah, I can't be bothered learning about, like, I just thought, like, all the heart and, like, I'd already learnt that, but I just thought, no, nah, I can't be bothered learning about aerobic, anaerobic respiration and all that <laughs> stuff. Even though I knew that it would help me later, I just was like, no, nah, I can't be bothered doing that now. So, although I would, you know, probably like to do that, I think business was sort of my, it was, like, totally unrelatable to my other subjects because um, all my others were sort of health science ones. But I think that was like one of my favourite classes because all my friends were in it and it was such straightforward like content. Like, you know, you learn it and then you write, Yeah, you know, you test about it. So I don't know. I feel like when you're picking subjects, you know, choose ones that are going to help you, but also pick ones that you're going to enjoy and you think you're going to do well in because I did well in business and maybe I wouldn't have done the same in PE, you know. Exactly. And at the end of the day, don't stress if you say haven't done bio or health and you do nursing because you all learn it in the first year again anyway. Yeah. So like you said, pick subjects that you like, that you enjoy and that you actually want to learn because it'll make it so much easier. A hundred percent. Like, And going back to sort of um, when I was in year 12, uh, year 11, I dropped my chemistry because I found it so difficult and I just knew that I... I wasn't interested in it because I was finding it so difficult and I just couldn't wrap my head around it no matter like how much I was studying for it. So I knew that I had to basically drop it. Otherwise, it's going to just let me down, even though it's a scale up subject, you know. So I dropped that to do um, like revolutions, history, um, because my mum was like, oh, you know, learn about some of your Russian heritage. (laughs) And I was like, oh, maybe mum. So then I studied over the summer and it was like memorizing all the dates of all these significant events. And then first week back, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Like I just didn't enjoy it. So that's when I actually picked up the food studies, like in the first week of year 12. Wow. Didn't do it in year 11. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Even though it's a subject that they say scales down. Doesn't matter. No, I just did it. I enjoyed it. Like we did cooking in classes and like we learn about interesting things about 
you know, if you're interested in nutrition, that's obviously like so much information, but all about food and everything. And that actually ended up being my best subject with 46. Wow, there you go. Yeah, and, you know, I nearly didn't pick it because I was so focused on, you know, oh, chemistry can scale up and, you know, that could be better or, you know, maybe I should do this because, like, my mum says I should do it. But I think that's – you should do what you want because you're going to do better in a subject you're interested in. Absolutely. That's a great story and great piece of advice for anyone listening. Definitely do what you're passionate in. And, look, you got a 46, which otherwise you – might have not gotten that in chemistry. No. And just, you know, I know a girl that chose to do chemistry because she thought it would scale up. But, you know, in the nicest way, if you do bad in it, it's not going to scale up. No, it's not going to scale up 20. No. So I thought, no, that's not going to be me. I'm going to enjoy myself, you know, not have to... Like, even I did methods in year 10, Mm -hmm. like that pre-methods, and I think I did half of methods in year 11. But it was just so difficult. I just thought, once again, maybe I'm not not trying hard enough. I was like, I'd rather do... like good in subjects that I find not easy but enjoyable. Yeah, that they're good and I'm not going to not want to study for it if that makes sense, you know. Absolutely. Talk to me about maths and if any maths related from year 12 to your course, let's say if someone didn't do maths at all, would they struggle or do you think they would be fine? Like obviously people would be doing maths from like year 7 up until is it year 10? Year 10, and then you yep. can drop it. So in nursing like I'm going to be honest, like there's a lot of maths because when you're doing drug calculations, you know, like obviously for tablets, you know, you, you read like this one's 30 milligrams and we need 30 milligrams to use one tablet. Yeah. But then when it gets a bit more complex with, um, especially like if you want to do pediatrics, that's like crazy. It's all based on weight, oh. um, on the child's weight. And then that's how you do it. So that's very complex, but you can get your head around it. But there is maths in nursing at the end of the days. But it's very basic maths. And, you know, at uni, some people um, struggled and there are supports available. There's like basic maths, not courses, but I think it's through the library. You like can sessions contact. you can go yeah. to. Yeah. So, and, you know, we do have to do regular maths tests at uni. Sort of, they're all drug calculations. So it's not like other random Not maths. like algebra calculus. No, 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 fun no. Stuff. No, it's all just, you know, calculations and you do have to get 100% on it to pass and you do get three chances most time and if, you know, you don't get the third one, that's when you sort of access the maths help and I don't know anyone that failed nursing because of missing maths calculations. Like yeah. There's always the support available and, yeah, but that's something to be aware of. That's really good to know about the support because a lot of people go to uni and feel like they're alone or they're by themselves and if they're struggling, like they have no idea where to get help. Mm. You know how you said there was maths help? Is there help for other subjects? Like let's say you're struggling in the, the first year, like anatomy subject or the bio subject. Yeah, so at ACU, I can't remember what it was called, but it's like a, a study session that's actually run by a student that did the subject like last year or the year before, but they're still studying, if that makes sense. Yep. So they're not there to tutor you and teach you. They're there to sort of like, it's a group of like 10, 20 students and you come together and you sort of discuss topics yourself. So like they're not there to teach you because they're not a teacher, but it really helps. Like they're obviously smart and did well in the subject. So they do know what's going on and they're there to ask questions. And it's more of a support thing with other students. So I did go to a few sessions for bio in that. I know some other subjects have it for other things, but there wasn't many for nursing. There's also support for writing essays. Oh, good to know. Especially all those crazy ones that you had to write. So I've accessed them multiple times. And it's funny, like I think back to my very first essay, and I did it, like, no wonder, like, I failed it. I got 40-something on my first uni. Thing. And that would have been hard coming from school where you would have been a really hard worker and done yeah, really well. Yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was, like, for my um, Indigenous subject, like, for Indigenous Aboriginal subject and all the cultural things. Yep. So I thought I did well on that. All it was was, like, reflecting on, like, con- like misconceptions and things like that. So it wasn't even, like, I was like, how did I do bad? But... My formatting was all wrong. Didn't do right, you know, references. Ah, there you go. Like, used the wrong text. Like, everything was just wrong, you know, with the setup. But I'm sure, like, the actual content content would have been okay, would have gotten me over the line. But, yeah, you have to be aware of, like, whether you're using APA or, you know, I don't know what the other ones are. Harvard, Chicago. There's so many different ones. Yeah, so definitely be aware of that. But there are support available to guide you through that. And that's the main thing. 
not to stress really if you are struggling just speak out someone will definitely help you yeah and it's okay if you fail your first uni subject yeah oh no not subject first assignment um, assessment yeah i still pass the subject and i pass nursing so it's not the end of the world but i thought it was the end of the world you know i was like so i was emailing them asking them please just bump it up to a 50 like let me pass (laughs) and they're like okay so i think i was like I was like 46, 48 percent. Like I was just under, but I was so like heartbroken. I thought I'd failed everything, but it's an overall, of course, um, mark that is at the end. But yeah. yeah, there you go. That's what all first year uni students think. They think, oh my goodness, I failed one thing. Do I fail my course? Well, no. no. It's actually really common for people to not only fail assignments but subjects in total, and you can repeat them mm. multiple times. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that apart from adding to your hex, which I think is the only negative. But apart from that, you go back and you already know basic things of the subject and then you're just able to, you know, get better at it. And you most likely will do it even better the second time. Absolutely. So now tell me about the structure of the course. Did you have seminars, tutorials, lectures? Um, How did that structure work? Yeah, so... We had um, tutorials, which is basically like your classic class with about like 25 students and one teacher where they teach you like content and it's like an open sort of discussion and things like that. And you're able to ask questions about like, you know, assignments that's coming up and things like that. Then we had lectures, which is just when the lecturer basically talks at you the whole time and there's really any opportunity to stop and ask for any questions because they've got that time slot and they need to go out. I remember the bio ones, they wouldn't stop talking. It was so difficult. Like I'd have to rewatch the lectures. Like there was no time to stop or anything. So, And this is pre-COVID where you'd physically go in and yeah, sit and listen. I know, it's hard. So yeah, I always, I ended up just not going to any lectures and it would just listen at home because you can pause and yep. you can rewind and take some over. notes yeah so that's much easier and then we also had um practical classes for bio which was in like science labs and that's where we you know dissected all those delicious things and also our nursing practical classes which is basically like a hospital simulation room and we've got like i guess they're sort of robotic patients they like look like real people and you know you can check their heart rate and their oh. blood pressure and things like that so that was probably the coolest class because you get to actually Hands-on do experience. nursing yeah so I love that and I wish that was sort of more of that but that's usually about a two three hour class per week okay so every week you learn a different sort of skill and sort of build on it each week so yeah that was cool it's nice you get a full range of experience lectures seminars and then your hands-on in the simulated um, yeah 100% and they all sort of interrelate that's how they try and structure the you know units so each semester they'll try and relate so you'll do like a, a medical subject and like surgical so in doing medical they'll try that's separate to your prac class like that's a different subject yep um but they'll try and you know use information that you've learned in that medical subject and then act on it in the practical subject so that was helpful oh there you go And were there any fun electives you could pick outside of nursing? So I am assuming that there is a lot that you need to learn to prepare you for your job. But was anything like fun that you could pick? No. It's really sad. Yeah. I don't know if I just didn't know about it, but I don't I don't think so. None of my friends we it's all structured. You have to do all these courses all these subjects. You can't choose anything. Um yeah, so it's hard. And at ACU, because it's also a Catholic university, one thing to sort of be aware of is that you actually do have to do a compulsory subject and it's called UNCC. I'm not sure what it stands for. That's fine. But <laughs> um, there's I did two of these subjects. So there was UNCC 100 and UNCC 300. So it's not actually like religious based, but it does sort of follow sort of religious morals like it's all about being like good people yep. and doing good for the world and you know you look at like organizations and you know remember I did a poster about like a, a water organization in like Africa or something you know it's not it's not about writing essays about how good God is or anything you know it's not so you shouldn't be turned away about that but yeah it's quite an easy subject if that makes sense yep. you know you can sort of it's like call it sort of your blood subject in that sort of thing so there's not many assignments for it so it's only one class a week no lectures for it so it's very straightforward in that sense and you can even do it during your winter or summer breaks so I did that 
And then I only had to do three subjects during one semester, which was so helpful. Perfect. It's a nice way to underload as well. A hundred percent, yeah. And um, what about any opportunities to travel in your course? Now, I understand this is pre-COVID, but any experiences abroad? Yeah, so um, ACU does have um, opportunities abroad, which is really cool. Um, so with the UNCC subject, you can actually go to Rome <gasps> and like do the subject. So I had like some friends that went there and I think it's about couple of weeks and then they just did a bit of a Europe oh, trip. Holiday. So good. So that's fun. It's obviously expensive and I thought, oh, no, nah, I won't bother. But there was other ones that are actually related to placement that you could actually do overseas. So there was opportunities to go to like North Carolina, Miami and even Chile. So these ones were quite expensive because you're obviously traveling a fair distance like flight wise. And yeah, I had friends that went to the Miami one and they like worked in like hospitals in America and even like met went to like a university I think and did a class there or something so that was really really um cool but yeah it was around 8,000 I think so that's why I didn't apply I think you can add it to your hex debt so if you really wanted the opportunity but you don't have the money for it you can go for it but I thought won't bother but there are some other ones that were actually closer to home so they were a bit more you know affordable so there was ones to India um, my friends went to Cambodia, um, Vanuatu and East Timor. So I was actually meant to go to Vanuatu last year for a placement, but obviously COVID happened oh no. and I was actually devastated. I know I think back to the day I remember I was at work and this is the day that COVID was like becoming real. You know, we were learning that we could go into lockdown, like things can change, you know, before that we lived in this you know, bliss, like nothing's going to change with life. Exactly. And one by one, things just start coming. We're like, okay, no, they're closing international things. And I was like, oh my God, Vanuatu, I'm meant to go in like two months. And I hadn't paid for anything luckily, but yeah, it was just, everything just hit me. And I was just so upset because I was meant to go to, um, yeah, Vanuatu. I can't remember which particular spot because there was two. Um, trips and yeah I was going to work in a health clinic sort of thing and go to a hospital and I think I was going to be working with other Australian nurses and doctors that actually permanently work there so that would have been amazing and my friends went to Cambodia in January just before COVID oh, hit. Oh that's so lucky. Yeah and they had the best time of their lives like they went for I think two weeks and yeah they did some cultural things as well like days trips on things and they learnt so much and I think that has helped them so much as well with perspective on the whole health system and everything and just good life experience for, you know, applying for jobs and just in general would have been an amazing experience. So, yeah, I am gutted, but hopefully in the future when hopefully COVID's not a word anymore, we can all go on trips overseas and do, you know, volunteer work and things like that. So it would have been great. Absolutely. And it's good to know that ACU does provide so many different opportunities, like Going to Rome, you could go somewhere in America or to Chile. You could go India, Cambodia, Vanuatu. That is amazing. Yeah. So different options, again, for different budgets as well. Mm. Um, it's something to look forward to in the future when we can travel. Yeah, I hope so. I do know other unis also offer similar things. I think Deakin, you can go to the Philippines and things like that. Obviously, I don't know heaps about it because I didn't go there, but... That was a big focus when I went to the Deakin Open Day. They did talk about their international opportunities. So, yeah, I think just research all the different um, unis and see what they have to offer and even call them up because there's so much that you're not sort of aware of until you get started. Like I didn't even know ACU had any of these trips really until, you know, second year when they sent the email out saying, do you want to go somewhere here? And I'm like, yeah. Oh. It's good. And it's good that if you're listening and you're a high school student and you're making a decision where to go, Find out what cool opportunities you can do because that will make or break your uni experience. hundred percent. And even for like other sub, uh, other um, degrees, like I know people that have gone on exchanges and things and actually done a couple of subjects and things overseas for like six months. And I think there's not many of those for nursing, but for other degrees, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. Awesome. And um, I know a huge part of your degree and all nursing degrees require placement so what was the requirements during uni, let's say in your first year, your second or how it progressed? Yep. So placement is just one of the biggest parts of the nursing degree. And I think this is actually where you learn most of your skills because this is 
like yeah in the practical classes at uni in a simulation lab you learn things but you know your patient's not talking back to you it's not a real life situation where things are changing you know it's all structured so you learn so much on placement so I did 840 hours of unpaid placement over the course of three years. Oh my goodness, that is a lot. It is a lot. And it's just, it's like one little side story. But during COVID last year, I was doing placement and I just finished like a afternoon shift. So it was like 9.30 and I just really wanted a hot chocolate. And this is when they were doing those free drinks at Macca's for healthcare workers. Ah. So I went to the Macca's and I asked for a small hot chocolate and they said no because I'm not a real nurse. <gasps> I was so upset because I thought, I was like, to, I'm working for free during COVID. Like, I'm oh. going there. I was like, the nurses are still getting paid. Like, they don't really need all these free drinks. And she was like, oh, sorry, you're not a real nurse. And I was so upset. Terrible. Yeah. So anyway, just got to push through the unpaid work and you'll be rewarded later when you get your first paycheck. But... Yeah, each university is different regarding like when they send the students on placement. Um, but specifically at ACU, I did um, a placement at the end of my first year, which was aged care. Most people did aged care or maybe rehab. My friend was so lucky. She got like a cardiology ward and never did any aged care placement. Oh, But yeah, it just really is dependent. So yeah, aged care, you can't really do much like I couldn't give medications and obviously because they're not in a hospital environment they're not acutely unwell so it's just basically learning all your basic um, communication skills and you know how to build relationships with staff um, you know patients and lots of um, you know taking care of them like showering um, dressing toileting um, feeding things like that all your basic nursing skills that you really need you know under the belt before you go on and do all those exciting things so after that in second year I did um, a placement in the first semester which is my mental health placement so I was in adult inpatient psychiatric ward which was really really eye-opening yeah it was really cool yeah so it was for four weeks and it's a completely different type of nursing you know I'm not really doing the things that I do now on a general ward but it was a really good experience and, you know, if you don't know what type of nurse you want to do, it's a great way to see what mental health nursing is like. And, you know, I feel like in Australia there's a, there's going to be a big need for more mental health nurses with everything. So I did enjoy that. And then at the end of my second year, I went on another placement. So I went to a general medical ward for two weeks and then I also went to um, an intensive care unit for one week and a cardiac a coronary care unit for one week so all up it was also another four weeks so that was also really cool it was the first time that I was sort of at a hospital and it was you know the end of my second year you know so yeah that's when you learnt heaps of things you know all about you know time management you know medications like when to give a medication when not to give it like what are we looking for for certain things so I love that and then third year, first semester, I did another four-week placement on the general medical ward and you have a lot more independence. You know, you're obviously followed by your buddy nurse, but you're taking your own patient load because you're preparing because in less than 12 months, you're going to be your, in a real nurse. And doing it you by know? yourself. So during this time, you have to really be taking like opportunities to do as many skills as possible. And then at the end of my um, third year, second semester, I did six-week placement all in one go so that was really hard six weeks unpaid yeah in one go so I took time off from work for six weeks because yeah I'll get into that a bit later but um for three weeks I was on a pediatric ward which was really cool it was a great experience to see if I liked pediatrics but it's funny because I really did think I did want to do um pediatrics and work with kids but I realized it's very hard like you know they don't want their blood pressure taken or you know, nothing, you know, they don't want to be touched by you. And it's like, how am I meant to help you? You know, they're constantly crying and it's just hard. I just like when I come to my adult and I'm like, blood pressure time. And they're like, okay, give out my arm. And, you know, it's so much easier, but that's obviously for some people. And then three weeks on a cardiology and cardiothoracic ward, which was so amazing. I love that. And this placement was basically, I was thinking, I need to do as much as I can because Next time I'm at a hospital, I'm going to be a real nurse and there's no one really going to be there following me up and, you know, picking up the little things that I haven't done. So 
yeah, I loved placement and, you know, I was able to do placements across the public and private hospitals. So that was another eye-opening experience because they're actually very, very different. And in my own opinion, like I will only ever work in the public. Really? Yeah, system. Yeah. I think there's lots of little nitty gritty things, but you have less patients, like less patient load in public. So yeah, where I work now, I only have four patients, whereas in private, you can look after up to five, which is actually a lot. It's very hard. Um, also in public, you get to wear scrubs, which I love. So it's like those little things. But yeah, that's the good thing about placement is you you learn what you want to be involved in, like where you want to work. And that's the best part about it. And everything is allocated through the university. So I didn't have to do one thing. Um, so no choice really which hospitals you're going to, which wards, because there's obviously some specialties. Some of my friends had amazing placements like on neurology wards and looking after stroke patients, whereas I had very sort of basic placements, like lots of general medical wards. And then I was lucky to have, you know, ICU and things like that and, you know, the cardiac wards. But yeah, it's just basically luck at the end of the day. You know? So you can't elect, oh, I want to go to a paediatric ward. No, at ACU you couldn't. I think... At some unis, you can choose. And I guess at the end of the day, you could email them and just say, I'm super interested in this. Like, can you sort of help me out? Which sometimes they can listen to, but it's never guaranteed. So, yeah. It's actually quite good that you did get aged care. You got a hospital. You got the mental health one as well. So you've got a broad range of public and private um, places so that when you do finish your degree, you can think, okay, I've got a broad range of experience. What do I really enjoy the most? A hundred percent. And so is that on purpose? So you definitely always get a broad range of things to do. Yeah, most of the time you do. So there's this other um, thing called clinical schools, which was what I was going to mention now, what I said earlier. Yep. But uh, this is something that I actually wasn't aware of when I was applying for unis. So many of the universities are actually partnered up with specific hospitals which is called clinical schools while it was at ACU which means that you do most of your placements at that one facility for all three years and sometimes you even do practical classes there like I know Deakin they actually go to like Epworth hospital and do they have their own simulation labs and things like that so at ACU the clinical schools included St Vincent's public and private Cabrini and Werribee private I think um I didn't apply for these because lots of them were private hospitals and like thinking back, I could have applied for St. V's Public because it is a really good hospital. But at the time, because my mum's a nurse, she said to me, you know, it's better just to go out there and get what you're given sort of thing. And I think in the end, I was rewarded with that because I got to see so many different areas, you know, got to experience public and private and all those little things. And I was comfortable with change, whereas you know, when you're at that one place, everything's sort of like laid out for you. You know the people, you know like what to sort of expect. So um, I think it was a good opportunity for me just to test things out. I know at Deakin they have clinical schools with Eastern Health and Epworth. There might be more, but I'm not 100% sure. And then Latrobe has the Alfred, the Austin, the Royal Melbourne Hospital, and I think maybe the Northern. But yeah, so I wish I kind of knew these things before because I live super close to Eastern Health. Like that's my area. So if I went to Deakin, then maybe I would have applied for the clinical school there. But then maybe, you know, I wouldn't end up working where I do now. And similarly, like I think maybe I should have gone to Latrobe because they're partnered up with all these awesome like public hospitals, which I'm you know interested in working at. But at the end of the day, I wasn't disadvantaged. You know, I still got into a hospital, which I had never, ever done a placement at even. So, yeah, I think sometimes as students, we get really fixated on placements and where it is. I know I did. I would get so nervous because I really, really want a good placement. But at the end of the day, you can end up wherever you still want to end up. You know, it's not, you know, maybe you get more, you know, opportunities and you might get a job increased chance if you've done placements there, like most likely because the educators already know you and everything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really impact your ability to get a job. Absolutely. Great advice. And now what are some top tips for placement and essentially putting the theory, what you learn at uni into practice? So one that everyone would hear so much, but ask lots of questions. There's no such thing as a silly question. Like even 
now as working as a nurse, um, you know, I ask questions every single day and sometimes they're silly, you know, I'm asking something that, you know, I'm just double checking because at the end of the day, you're there to learn. So you need to ask questions and people that have been working for, you know, five, 10 years plus, they still ask questions. Like no one is an expert in any field. And when you're on placement, you're there to learn. So you don't want to sit there and not understand why are we giving, you know, this medication? Why are we checking their heart rate before we're, you know, doing that? It's easier to ask questions and then you just know. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely always tell your buddy nurse because you're always paired up with someone because you can't work on your own, obviously. Like a mentor type of thing. Yeah. So you're um, buddied up with a nurse and you usually follow them around or, you know, then you'll start to take the reins more and you'll have your own patient load and you sort of bounce back on them. But make sure you tell them like what year you're in, like what skills you can actually perform so that you can be proactive with your learning. Sometimes it's hard because they sometimes don't know what year you're in. You know, if you don't tell them and they don't ask, then there's this unknown bubble like, well, can you give meds? Can you, you know, give this injection? Like, can you do this dressing? You know, it's better to make everyone aware so you're all on the same, you know, level. Always ask to observe skills that you can't do because it's not in your scope of practice. And always ask to practice when you can do something and there's an opportunity because, you know, sometimes you won't be able to do it again and it's a perfect time to learn. It's also really important to build positive relationships with other nurses because at the end of the day, you need like references from your clinical placements. They don't really necessarily care about your job at Macca's. They want to know how you act and how you perform on placement because at the end of the day, that's what you're going into. You're going into that clinical field and they want to know how you interact, whether you're safe and all these things. So, you know, build positive relationships and, you know, try and make a positive impression on the people around you because they're the ones that are going to either say hire you or don't hire you, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and use your spare time to, like, research medications, health conditions. I bought a little um, small, like, lined book and just filled out, like, I did, like, A to Z of all the, like, you know, A medication, like, you know, look it all up and then all the things you need to know about it, like the indications, how it works, you know, like adverse reactions and things like that. And same with conditions because then you will build on your knowledge and that's sort of like important because you don't want to be in third year. And, you know, I know people that have nearly failed placement because the educator asks them a question and they don't know a very basic medication. But, you know, you should know that. It's like it's very common medication that you're given everywhere. So if you have that book, you're able to build on that knowledge and then I always revised it before I went on placement. So I sort of, you know, like they don't expect you to know everything on the first day, but there is a expectation that you're progressing. You know? And you're being proactive about it as well. So you're not just like leaving it up to memory because I understand when you're on placement, you can be nervous and you can forget. Yeah. So when you've got it down in the book and you go home and just even just read it while you're on the train mm-hmm. or on the tram to placement, you can be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. It's all good. I remember. Yes, definitely. So that's super important. And I think my last tip would just be like, enjoy yourself and enjoy being a student because like I've learned this year, I've only been working as a nurse for less than three months now that, you know, being a real nurse is actually terrifying at times. Like I don't think they sort of prepare you enough because like my decisions that I make every day in my job, like impacting somebody's life and their like health status so you know enjoy the time when you're you know you're watching you know you're not the sole responsibility because you know a lot happens when you're working and I think just enjoy it and you know when your buddy says oh go home like an hour early like at night just just go home enjoy yourself because (laughs) you know you'll be going home an hour later when you're really working so yeah just enjoy everything that comes with it absolutely all right, now tell me about the whole balancing uni, work, social life, but more importantly, balancing not working because placement is unpaid. Yeah, so during uni, I was very busy. I think that's just how I work. I work well under stress. Um, so I actually worked like two to three jobs like consistently during uni. Um, this, like I sort of, I worked as a waitress. I worked at an ice cream shop. I was a nanny which was very convenient because you only do short shifts. And I worked as an in-home PCA, which is a personal care assistant, and also as a Rousson. So the last two jobs are very relatable to, 
um, you know, the industry. So I ended up quitting all the other jobs um, throughout and that's why I've had so many different jobs during the course of the three years. But a PCA is a personal care assistant, assistant, sorry, which is like the perfect job for nursing students. So there's many jobs in aged care facilities. So after you've done your first placement, you can basically just apply and because you are studying to be a nurse, they usually accept you and you don't need to do any like certificates or any other separate courses. So this just involves helping like the residents with their day-to-day life. So, you know, helping them with their toileting, showering, dressing, like eating, basically what you would have done on placement. So I didn't do it at an aged care. I did it like in the home. So the um, elderly people still lived at home. So I was just sort of supporting them to continue living at home. So I'd sometimes help them with their cooking, showering, like respite, so relieving their family members that are their full-time carers or just sometimes cleaning, whatever was sort of required. So that was actually pretty good pay. I worked casually for a agency, so that was great experience. And, you know, I think it's really, really good for your resume and makes you really employable because they know that you have the basic skills, you know, You've learned it at uni. Yeah, and then, you know, and then you've got it as a job and you do it all the time. So then when you apply for, you know, a graduate job, it's, you know, it's fairly, you know, straightforward. There's also a new sort of position called RUSON, which is actually short for a registered undergraduate student of nursing. They also have ones for midwives. I think it's called RUSOM, not RUSON, obviously, M-N-N. But so um, during COVID last year, these positions were being advertised at like basically all the hospitals so at the start they were sort of worried that you know what happens if all these nurses get sick which we were seeing like in Italy and you know obviously now in the US and UK and everything so they hired these and I think you know they're what they wanted which is what St Vincent's Hospital like my friend worked there you actually like help the nurses so she was able to like once again do all those showering and toileting all those little things but she was able to like do the um, OBS for patients and, you know, if the nurse needed assistance with something. So you're actually present on the ward and getting paid for it, you know, and that experience like is invaluable. Like I was so jealous that my friend got that job. She was part of the clinical school with St. V. Ah. So that's how she got that job over other people that applied like me. Um, so I was very jealous. But then I ended up getting a Rousson position in August. So a little bit later towards when it was sort of the second wave and yeah I thought I'd also be working on the wards but I was just doing the temperature checking so the COVID screening at the front door so it wasn't very stimulating and not really what I had hoped you know after seeing what my friend was doing and like she was like doing such a cool job so I still learned a lot you know interacting with staff and you know but at least you're getting paid yeah it was good it was very easy you just sit there you check temperature ask the questions lot of de-escalation techniques because I tell you people weren't very nice at times oh my goodness it was like a people management as well yeah so even though I wasn't directly working on the wards like all those skills I learned I was able to like you know on my resume talk about how transferable they are to you know the job so absolutely I think that these positions were amazing experience and definitely maybe why I got the position at my like job over other people because I have those things but then again, I do know people that, you know, some of them didn't even work during uni. They're very fortunate and they obviously didn't work as, you know, a PCA or a Rousson and they still got the same job as me. But I think, like for me, I was like, well, why don't I increase my chances of getting my dream job? Like I'm just going to try and put myself out there. You learn so much, you get paid for it and, you know, it's a really good stepping stone. Absolutely. Nearing the end of the degree, what are the next steps to take to become a registered nurse? So... How do you apply? How do you get accredited? Yeah. So becoming a registered nurse is actually fairly straightforward, like considering everything else you go through at uni with all your essays. You apply for your registration through APRA, which is like the registration board for all the doctors and other allied health um, professions. So you apply with them and you just upload all the evidence that they need and sort of once you've applied, you're sort of pending just you need a course complete. So once I upload my course complete, I just got my registration so simply, you know, and all the evidence is like, you know, your birth certificate or your license, all those simple things. So that was very good. And 
But applying for graduate positions is like a very timely process, which actually consumes most of third year. So I started working on my applications like now, last year, you know, even earlier, because you need to apply for four hospitals, well, you can, and you do it through this thing called PMCV, which is the Postgraduate Medical Council of Victoria, which other doctors and things apply through here as well. So this is mostly set up for public hospitals only. There are some like Epworth is, does it as well, even though they're private, but the little private hospitals actually aren't participating in this PMCV. So the only negatives are if you're an international student or you're from interstate, like you're from New South Wales and you want to apply for a Victorian hospital, you're actually not eligible. So yeah, it's very like, it's unfortunate for the international students, especially because you know, it does narrow down their job prospects. But yeah, so you apply and you reference the universities kind of like when you preference for your university. So kind of like VTAC, you put in four yeah. preferences of four hospitals you want to work yeah. at and then do the results or whatever, get released the same time or something. Yeah, so it's so you put your preferences in, but then you go to the website of the hospital and apply through there. So... It's a bit strange. Like the preferencing thing there is more so that, you know, it's done all properly, if that makes sense, because they don't want multiple hospitals giving out multiple offers to, you know, people and then they only take one and then there's all these other like jobs open. So I think that's what used to happen. You just applied like regular jobs. But this thing sort of helps the hospitals more, if that makes sense. So you apply for it and you, you know, provide all your usual things like your resume, cover letter, references, academic transcript, anything else they ask for. Then the hospitals will interview you and rank you as well. So they will preference you how they want you. Wow. So, yeah, it is very competitive thinking about all the, like, nursing students in Victoria, like there's heaps of university, like, you know, your big ones and then there's heaps of, like, little ones that, you know, you don't even hear of. Um, So... Yeah, you put them one, two, three, four, and then if your first preference wants you, so let's say, um, I don't know, Apple Hospital wants me and I put Apple Hospital number one, then we'll match up. And I don't even know if the other hospitals want me. So I don't know if like Banana Orange want me Ah. because we've matched up. But if my top preference, Apple, doesn't want me and Banana wants me, then I'll get the Banana because Ah, that's my second thing. So. Yeah, you don't really know where you stand at all until you get your, you know, unless you're invited to an interview, you can sort of think, okay, I've made it to the next stage. And then, yeah, you don't know until that day. It's in October. It happens so quickly and, yeah. So it's like getting your ATAR all over again. It is. You're waiting. Do you get a message, a phone call? Yeah, you get a message and I, you get a message and also like you can open up on the thing. And I remember opening up. I filmed myself like. (laughs) Love it. Because I was like. This is a day I'm going to remember forever. I was so like nervous, but excited. So it's a fairly confusing like system. So, you know, if you're still in year 12 and you don't really need to think about that now and it'll all come with time, but you know, your university will prep you and you know, there's lots of services around that can help you. So yeah, it's amazing. Like now I work at like a major metropolitan public hospital in like Melbourne which is like very known for their trauma facilities. So it was a very incredibly competitive hospital to get into with 120 positions. Whoa. And was that your first preference? Yeah, it was my first preference. So, yeah, I was very fortunate to get it. But at the same time, it's not like just luck. You know, once again, it's similar. You have to work hard for it and then you'll be sort of rewarded for your hard work with all your applications. I was going to say, did you stand out because you did all those extra work experience and then placement experience and then you had great references and then you interviewed well? Is that what set you aside? Yeah, well, I would assume so. And like I also did volunteer work on the side, like I volunteered weekly at the Royal Children's Hospital. So Ah. back when I sort of thought I want to do paediatrics, I thought this is an amazing way to sort of get experience. So if you're wanting to do nursing and you're interested in paediatrics, once COVID's sort of over, because I don't think they've got volunteer positions at the moment, apply for the Royal Children's because, you know, you get to cuddle babies and things like that. And it's only like a four and a half hour shift once a week. It's super easy. And you get to see how the nurses work and things like that. So that's great. So yeah, I did a bit of volunteering on the side and a few like single events for, you know, various organisations. 
So I think that's what helps, you know, all these little things that you do during your three years. It's not just the content you learn. And it's not even all based on your academic transcript. Like it's based on who you are and how passionate you are and how like spoken you are and everything just comes together. They look at so many factors. So once again, if you're not super academic and you don't do super well, like they know that you're writing essays and writing an essay doesn't mean you're going to be a good nurse. You Absolutely. Know? So yeah, there's so many different ways to get in and you know, so many opportunities for nursing, which is, you know, why I went into nursing, you know, because like there's so many career options. That's my next question. So do you have to just go into a hospital on a ward? Where else can you take the degree? So, yeah, with nursing, like there's so many opportunities. Like you can do aged care nursing if you want. You can do um, GP nursing. So lots of GPs now have nurses and they sort of come up with plans for your, you know, conditions or organise appointments, do wound dressing, you know, immunisations, which is a big thing right now. Um, so that community nursing as well. So once um, patients are discharged from the hospital, they might still need antibiotics or regular wound dressing or I don't know, other random things that they need. And so you go to their house. So you work for, you know, a Bolton Clark is a really big um, company and you work for them and you drive around in their little Hyundai <laughs> around Melbourne. Love it. And yeah, so there's heaps of ways and, you know, especially mental health nursing, that's, I wouldn't call that general nursing at all. It's not, like you may work on a ward, but it's completely different. So yeah, there's lots of opportunities and like even with the programs that you apply for, when you look at the hospitals, you can work you know, in stroke, cardiology, trauma, plastics, you know, gen med, rehab, ED, theatre, like there's just endless opportunities with nursing, which is, you know, why I chose it because you'll never be bored and there's so many ways to move around. You can, like right now I'm sort of at the bottom, you know, just working on the ward, but you can go up, become like the manager of the shift. You can be a manager of a ward. You can become an educator. You can you know, go on to research, you know, there's so many ways to move around and depending on your lifestyle, because obviously nursing shift works, not for everyone, but you can get a nine to five nursing job, you know? So yeah, there's heaps of opportunities. So that's awesome. That's fantastic. And would you ever consider doing more study after uni? Yes, definitely. I think in the future I will. I'm sort of just figuring out what type of like nursing specialty I want to get into. So at the moment, I'm sort of interested in ED or intensive care nursing. So this often requires like a postgraduate 12-month course sort of thing in critical care. Uh, And I sometimes think about becoming an educator because I obviously really enjoy like teaching. Like I can't wait until I get my first student. Like it'll be so exciting. You know, it'd be so fun because there's some nurses that obviously don't want students, you can tell, but then you get those really awesome ones that want to teach you and it just like makes it so much better. So you can give back, I guess. You yeah. had educators and you had mentors and buddies and that you that will be you one day. Yeah, 100%. And there's even like opportunities like as a nurse practitioner, which is quite similar to like a doctor in some sense. Like you have, you know, 15 years experience as a nurse, but you go on and do post-grad and master's and everything, but you can like diagnose conditions, um, like order diagnostic tests like x-rays and ct scans like prescribed medications it's really cool i met a nurse practitioner when i was on my mental health placement and yeah he like can do so many things it's really really cool there you go so you're not limited definitely yeah and even like opportunities overseas like i know some countries really like like australian nurses like you can work in the uk if you want like go to canada like I've even thought about going to um, the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, yep. because they used to not have their own nurses because of all their cultural things. I don't know a lot about the country itself, but so they used to hire heaps of Australian nurses to go over there and work. So it's really good pay because it's tax-free money as well. So that's at the back of my head too in a few years' time. So yeah, I think there's so much and. I feel like I can't really plan what I want to do, you know. Something different might happen, you know, next year, five years, ten years. Like, who knows where I'll end up. It's Yeah, it's exciting. It's nice because you do have so many options. So you could take it anywhere, really. Yeah, it's good. 
And um, I ask everyone this, so I want a quick five out of five. So five being absolutely amazing and one being not so good just for the following categories. So first thing that comes to your head, quality of tutors, lecturers, academics at uni. I would say a four for majority of them. Cool. Workload? Four. As in it being doable? Yeah, I yeah. think it's doable. Like I obviously worked like two to three jobs, you yeah. know. Like, yeah, I think I didn't touch on it before, but yeah, with the placement aspect and working, like I took heaps of time off for placement. And I think it's just so important because you're so mentally drained after, you know, an eight and a half hour day and, you know, you're there to learn. So you're like taking in everything it's a lot. So, you know, I was just very fortunate that I live at home and I don't have heaps of expenses. So I was able to take that time off. But yeah, you definitely need to save money. And, you know, I know there's other mature age students who can't take off time off because they have full-time jobs or part-time jobs. So you've just got to make it work. It's hard, but you've got to prioritise your mental health a lot. Absolutely. And what about the social life of your course? Like making friends, good connections? I'd say like a five definitely because I made so many good friends during uni who are like now my really, really good friends. And yeah, I think it's just important to go out there and just try and make, you know, friends, talk to anyone. Like I remember I was so goofy. I was just like asking, oh, like, do you want to get a coffee after class? No, you it's know? not goofy like, at all. That's so good. Yeah. Like it's just, it's important because at the end of the day, they're going to help you so much like with assignments and with placement and debriefing like when you're a nurse already. You know, it's just super important to make those friends. Absolutely. Okay, campus facilities. Four, it's really nice at ACU. And how well your course has prepared you for now your career as a nurse? I think a five. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good. So good. And lastly, to end, what's something you wish you knew when you were in year 11 and year 12? And it can be about anything at all. I would say like just enjoy high school, especially like your senior years because it goes by so quickly and... Like I still think sometimes I miss lunchtime, you know, with all my friends and just, you know, you'll never get that back again and you'll never experience anything similar. Like even like uni, it's so different to high school. It's just, yeah, use that all up and savour it. Don't get too stressed about your ATARs either because there's so many different ways to get into courses. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like it's so drilled into year 12 students these days. But like your ATAR does not define you. It doesn't define your abilities because... Things happen, like, you know, think about all the year 12 students last year during COVID, like, doing all their online tests and I don't even really know what really happened for them. But, you know, things happen and it doesn't define how well, how smart you are or, you know, whether you're going to be good enough for a certain job in the future or anything. So, yeah. Absolutely. Such wise words. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Milena. I've loved our chat. It's been so insightful because I personally don't know a lot about nursing, but today I've learned so much. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having me. I had such a good time. Oh. Great. So hopefully this helps you guys because, yeah, it would have been great to have this podcast back when I was in year 12. Absolutely. Oh, one last question. If anyone wants to reach out to you, any questions about nursing, about ACU, where can they find you on Instagram? Well, I do have a little... Um, nursing account which I sort of just post about you know the course and things like that so it's at nurse two underscores mill so yeah awesome and I'll put that in the show notes as well so you'll be able to find it thank you no worries if you like this episode or have any more questions head over to our instagram at the dot student space now there is a full stop between the and student and just remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not provide any personal advice Thank you for all your support, everyone. See you later.